older, but in the dream his son was about three or four years old. And so he's carrying around his son with this full golden beard. So if you did, so here's a little picture of what that might look like. So. <laughs> So in my dream, he's carrying around his son, and, uh, and his son has a full-grown beard, and he's going around, and he's, he's showing off his son, and he's like, look, you know, this, you know, my, my son has a full-grown beard, pull at it, and he's having people touch it and pull at it, to, and he's like, look, it's real, and he's going around, and he's doing all that, and so I wake up from my dream, and I'm like, that's, that's like a really weird dream, <laughs> usually, I know, you have like one of those dreams, like, what the heck, what's that about? And so I just started praying, and I started asking the Lord, does this, does this mean something? And so I'm praying, and, and I couldn't shake the dream. And so I kind of thought, well, well, God, does that mean that uh, maybe you're making your spiritual babes more mature faster? Because that's what I thought. I'm like, well, you know, are you, are you maturing people at a more rapid rate? And, and so as I'm praying, and I'm telling you what, friends, last Sunday when we were in worship, the Lord spoke to me what the dream was, and this is what he said. He said, uh, when I prayed uh, and contemplated the dream, I felt the Holy Spirit come on me and say, no. These are fully mature people that are still acting like babies. I know, isn't that messed up? <laughs> dang. Like, oh. So I was like, oh, dang. And the thing is, is that God sees them as mature. That's why there was a full beard. God sees the maturity. But for some reason, in the dream, the, the, the child was fully mature, but yet he was still acting like a child. He was still being carried around. His father had a grip on him. And so, as my, as my friend was carrying him around, showing off his beard, uh, showing that it was a real thing, Christ sees us, and when He sees us, He sees maturity. The problem is that many of us don't see ourselves the way that God sees us. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 through 14. This is what, this is what the Lord, when, when, uh, when the Lord spoke, uh, spoke to me what that dream meant, Immediately he spoke to me uh, what the title of this message was, and it's from milk to meat. <laughs> and so, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 through 14 says this. <clears throat> Excuse me. It says, You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teachers. You ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basics about God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature. Those who have trained uh, themselves to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And so, what, what is the difference between being a person that's mature and a person that isn't mature? Well, uh, it'll give us actually the, uh, a fuller understanding of this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And in verse 1-3 through 3 it says this. It says... Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would a spiritual person. I had to talk to you though you belong to this world, and as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger, and you still aren't. For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another, quarreling with each other. Doesn't that prove that you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like a person of the world? You know, when God sees maturity, He sees the spiritual uh, thing that's inside of each and every one of us. And so I'm just reminded of like, of like a child. And so when in the DNA of, of a child is, the, the, is the, the ability to become an adult. So inside the DNA of a young person... It's full maturity, it just hasn't come into fruition yet, correct? Do you guys get that? 
There are, you know, there are the, there are the building blocks in the DNA for the person that's written code that, that, uh, is going to develop the person into this fully mature person. So friends, when we, when we connect with Christ, when we become Christ followers, friends, uh, the scripture says he has given us everything we need for life and godliness. So when you say, I am Christ's servant, I am Christ's ambassador, I am one with Christ, when you connect with him, everything that's in heaven is, is available to you. Everything that is in Christ is now in you. It's in you. The problem is, though, is that sometimes what happens is our mindset has to catch up with what's already been deposited inside of us. What it reminds me of, it reminds me, I was a children's pastor for a number of years and and a youth pastor for a number of years, and we had a number of, of young people that had fully figured adult bodies. And they were 10, 11, 12 years old. And they looked like, Full-grown men, full-grown women. So they have this, they have this, this body that's fully grown, but yet this mindset of a 12-year-old. And so, what happened? Their, their physical body outgrew their mental ability. Friends, when we're connected with Christ, it's almost like the same thing. Inside you is the spiritual attributes to be fully mature. But what has to happen is our mind has to catch up with the maturity that is already inside of us that, that we're tapped, that we need to tap into, or that's already tapped into us. And so what Paul's saying is he's saying, uh, in the first he said, some of you ought to be teachers already. You, you have it in you to do these things, but yet for some reason, I have to teach you spiritual things that are milk when you should have meat. And if you've ever tried to feed meat to an infant, it's, it's dangerous. You can get them sick. Why? Their, their teeth have to develop. And, and then even after that, if you give your, your child, and I mean, I'm, I'm speaking to the choir because I know many of you have multiple kids. You try to give a, a full hunk of meat to a child, they're going to choke on it. So what do you have to do? You have to take that piece and cut it into little baby pieces, correct? Why? So that they can do that. And so that's what Paul's saying. But then he says, this is the thing that, this is the thing that separates maturity and from immaturity. And it's this, and it's in this verse right here. It says, uh, it says, because, uh, blah, 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 verse three, it says, you are still controlled by your sinful nature. Friends, if you find yourselves still fighting the things that you fought 10 years ago, friends, that's spiritual immaturity. Because by now you ought to be teachers. By now you ought to be ministry leaders. By now you ought to be uh, bringing people to Christ. You ought to be using your faith and, and turning this world upside down. But friends, if you're still stuck on stupid, uh, Paul's telling, and, and, don't, and if, if you find yourself in this category, friends, don't beat, your, beat yourself up because Paul's bringing correction to Corinthians because they have the same thing. He's like, some of you, man, you guys are just, I see this potential in you, man. Man, God has been doing this thing, but for some reason you still have this stronghold of the sinful nature on your life. And so really, you're, you're immature. That's what he's saying. 1 Peter chapter 2. Are you guys okay with this? Yeah. yeah. Good. You should be. We're pulling the pacifier out your mouth today, if that's okay. Give me that binky. Give me that binky. I'm telling you, man, that's like, that was like something. Anybody here have their uh, kids uh, have uh, pacifiers? And you try, to, you try to wean them off that pacifier? Man, that's some hard days. <laughs> some hard days uh, one of my one of my one of my children had the pacifier a little longer than they should but that's all right sometimes we're we're like the same we're like that though it's okay oh me okay i guess i was one of those ones too first peter chapter two 
See, I'm not exempt. I don't say how I've been, I have not arrived. I'm not exempt. First Peter chapter two, verse one through three says this. It says, so get rid of all evil behavior. Look at your neighbor and say, get rid of all evil behavior. And it says, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all kinds of speech. It says, be done with it. Look at, look at your neighbor and say, be done with it. <laughs> like newborn babers, babies, babers, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into the full experience of salvation. Friends, that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to walk in the full experience of our salvation. Cry out for this nourishment so that, uh, so that you have a taste of the Lord's kindness. So friends, if, uh, let me just kind of backtrack for a minute. Friends, if you are a, a, a new first-time follower of Christ, if you've only been serving the Lord for a year or two years, I would even say even three years, friends, you're still, you're still a, a babe. That's okay. The Bible says that we are to crave pure spiritual milk. Crave that thing. Say, man, I want, I want that nourishment of the Word, man. I, it, I, I need that so that I can grow up and be, be mature. But friends, if you've been serving the Lord... For 5, 10, 15, 20, 35, 40, 45, 50. And you're not reproducing yourself. There's a problem. There's a problem. You're, you're spiritually deficient. <laughs> Quiet in here. Friends, spiritual maturity has to do with our mindset. Paul says that when we're controlled by our sinful nature that that proves that we are immature. When we think only of ourselves and only about ourselves, friends, we're just like the five-year-old child that says, me, me, me. I've got, uh, I'm a parent from uh, kids from 13 to 5, and I'll tell you what, there is a large difference in the attitude of my 13-year-old and the attitude of my five-year-old. Okay? There's more responsibility on my 13-year-old. My five-year-old thinks the world revolves around him. If he doesn't get his way, he absolutely throws a temper tantrum, throws himself on the on the floor, kicks and screams, and that's okay. He's five, right? Okay, we don't tolerate that. Gets on our nerves a little bit. We have to spank him a lot. It's cool, but he's five. He's a baby. Now, if my 13-year-old was to throw a temper tantrum, throw himself on the floor, kick his feet, and, and act like a five-year-old, there would be a major problem. <laughs> Ain't that right, Shua? the problem is that spiritually many of us are like that five-year-old when we don't get our way when god doesn't do what what we expect him to do when things don't work our way we throw an adult temper tantrum we kick our feet and we're like nobody loves me the church isn't for me people you know they're 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 too concerned with other people and 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 all the all the lies of the enemy look at your neighbor and say the lies of the enemy because that's what happens. Friends, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the same lies he's telling you are the same lies he's telling somebody else. You're, all, you're, going by the, you're going through this all by yourself. Nobody cares for you. The people at the church are way too busy for you. Blah, 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 blah. Lie, 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 lie. It's all lies. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says this. I'll tell you, man, if we didn't care for you, we wouldn't be doing this. If I didn't care, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take those late night phone calls or... Or drive, you know, out of my way to, to, to help you out or, or whatever it might be. But I can't do it all, friends. The problem is, is that many of us, we look at the leaders who do the all when the Lord has called all of us to do the work of the ministry. The scripture says, actually in Ephesians chapter 4, this is not in the notes, it says that I've given you uh, 
apostles, prophets, uh, pastors, uh, teachers, and evangelists to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Not for them to actually do the work of the ministry. Not that we're not going to work, but our service is called to equip you to serve. But we still do serve. I was out there on Friday putting those beautiful signs up that Becca made. Thank you, Becca. Those things are amazing. Those look nice. So we're still going to serve. We're still going to be doing stuff. You'll find me sweeping the floor. But friends, I can't do everything. And, and Pastor Earl can't do everything. And, and Pastor Albert and Dorinthia can't do everything. And Pastor Joy can't do everything. It's, it's, the, it's the goal of the body to take ownership of the ministry. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3 says this. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Or, nope, uh, wrong one. Hold on. Wrong one. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. It says, When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put childish things away. Friends, our calling in Christ, if you want to know what your calling is, do you know what your calling is? Can I tell you what your calling is? Your calling is to mature in Christ. To mature in the full measure of Christ. Or another translation, to mature in the measure of the fullness of Christ. That's what you're called to do. You're called to mature. And so, what am I called to do? What's my calling, Lord? Your calling is to grow in grace and godliness. Your calling is to grow. Because as you grow, the, uh, this is what, what the Lord was speaking to me last night when I was praying, and this is what he said. He said, if there's no discipline, there's no fruit. No discipline, there's no fruit. Because if you live like how you want to live, you just do what you want to do. And this was the Lord correcting me, bringing a correction to me. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't want to live an undisciplined life. I want to live a life that's fruitful. I want to live, I want to, I want to be the one that's able to, to go before him and him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Our calling is to grow in the maturity of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13 through 15 says this. It says, this we will continue until all, uh, this we will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be like mature little children or be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, grow in every way more and more like Christ, those who is head of the body, the church. So he's saying when we're tossed to and fro, we find ourselves going here and going there. It says that that's like an immature child, but, but the Lord has called us to grow in the maturity and the full and complete standard of Christ. He's called us to grow. He's calling us to come up. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20 says this. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, do not be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babes when it comes to evil. Look at your neighbor and say, be innocent, be innocent. in evil. But be mature in understanding matters of this kind. So he's saying, you know what, friends? If we are, if the only immaturity we are called to is the immaturity on how to do bad. That's the only immaturity we should have. You shouldn't have, you shouldn't have a mature understanding on how to do bad better. <laughs> I know it's not a word, but it just sounds fun. How to do worse, worser. And I've got the whole book on how to do bad all by myself. No, friends, we, we should be immature when it comes to the things of evil. Innocent as babes when it comes to evil, but mature in the understanding of these matters. What does that mean, man? Inchur, mature in understanding the word. 
Colossians chapter 2. I'm trying to move fast because I know we... we uh... Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 through 7 says this. It says, And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Let your roots grow down into Him and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thanks and thanksgiving. We, we did this uh, sermon series a number of years ago that was called Deeper Roots for Greater Fruit. Friends, you want to have greater fruit in your life, then you need to let your roots grow down deep. Grow down deep in Him. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says this. It says, Rather you must grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All glory to Him both now and forever. Amen. Our mindset, friends, will change when we choose to press on. I love what it says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 through 14. It says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. Look at your neighbor and said, I haven't achieved it yet. See, the, see, when we, even Paul's saying, I haven't arrived, I haven't attained it, another translation would say, I'm not there yet. And Paul was a very mature man of God and has multiple fruit. But he said, I, I didn't make it to that place yet. I haven't arrived. I'm there. No, you're not. Paul says, not that I, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing. Say one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I love this. I press on. Look at your neighbor and say, I press on. Yes. I press on to reach the end of the race and to receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Friends, let me tell you this. Friends, that, that is, that is the difference. That is what differentiates the person that walks in maturity and that walks uprightly and the person that continues to walk in defeat. Because the person that continues to walk in defeat continues to look back. Isn't it amazing that our car is actually a pretty spiritual uh, example of what our life should look like? We have this big, huge window, this big, huge glass uh, uh, thing that we're, that we're to look at to, to see in front of us, but yet we have this little tiny itty bitty mirror that's there for us to see what's behind us. Not that we're not supposed to, uh, occasionally glance what's behind us because we can, because the Lord needs to continue reminding us of what we've, of what He's brought us through. He, knew, he needs to continue to remind us of who we used to be. He needs to cr- continue to remind us of what we look like without Christ. But friends, that thing should be so small compared to the uh, the, the piece of glass that's in front of us for us to see clearly what God has in, in, ahead of us. Friends, that's how our life should look. It should look just like the parallel of that car. That we ever, occasionally look back and say, yeah, I remember that, but I'm, I'm pressing on. I've got all of this vision in front of me of what God's going to do, of what of, I can see. I know where I'm called to go. He's, he's put it before me. Friends, I press on. I press on. I press on to reach the end of the race, to receive the heavenly prize. Our mindset needs to change to press on. And then finally this, friends. God has not called us to be gathered, but to be sent. It's one of the reasons why Joy and I are are planning a, a second campus. Because God is not calling us to be gathered. He's called us to be sent. Friends, if you think your job as a Christian is to come to church, you're sadly mistaken. Our job is to go into all the world and make disciples. Our job is to go. Now... Scripture says that we are called to go into all the world and make disciples. So ask yourself, friends, when was the last time you helped produce a follower of Christ? When was the last time you helped produce a follower of Jesus? 
<laughs> yeah, we are. When was the last time? When was the last time you put your hand inside, in, in, invested into someone's life and saw them grow in grace and godliness? Friends, if it's been far and in between, then friends, we're not doing our job. Friends, because it's, that's our calling. We are called to reproduce. Just like the command that was given all the way back to Adam and Eve. He said this. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Our job is spiritually and it's the same. Our job is to produce spiritual children. And continue doing that. Now friends, don't give me, no, don't take this the wrong way. I said, you know, we're called not to be, not to be gathered but to be sent don't take this the wrong way scripture also says in hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 it says let us not neglect our meeting together as some are in the habit of doing or uh, uh let us stop uh meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near friends we're yes we're called to meet together friends the scripture says in acts that they met to, to, together daily i mean there's numerous 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 accounts where the, where the lord says gather together he says what he calls us what to all come together in one accord there's so many scriptures on that but friends that isn't the end all result the end all result is for us to go we're called to we're called to come together to be encouraged to strengthen each other to pray for each other to empower each other so that we can go and be encouraged when we're going does that make sense The Lord is saying it's time for us to grow up and stop being like that self-centered five-year-old. And I, I talked a little bit about how he throws temper tantrums and, and like that. And, and this is the thing. Paul says it's time that we stop acting self-centered like the five-year-old and that we commit our heart to serve God and to serve Him. Friends, I'm telling you, our, our, our problems look a lot smaller when we focus on Jesus. Do you know that? When you put your attention and you asphyxiate your focus on Him, your problems look a lot smaller. I share this in, in our in our worship, Hebrews chapter twelve, verse two, and it says uh, that we are to fix our eyes on Him. Uh, when it says when we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates uh, and perfects our faith, because of the joy awaiting Him, He endured the cross, disregarded its shame. Now He's Seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. So we got to keep, I like this, we do this by keeping our eyes fixed on Him. It's so easy for our eyes to, to come off of Him. And I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and say this, friends, uh, in the in this parable of, of the three seeds, uh, there, were, there were two that completely died. You had the one uh, that fell on the, on, the, on the ground that was on the path and and the bird snatched it uh, quickly. The scripture says that that's Satan snatching that quickly. You have the second seed that it was a, among the rocky soil. And so it grew up, but yet it did not have root. And so what did it do? It withered and died. The third one, the third one is the one that scares me. The third one said that it was, it was good soil. It grew up, but yet the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of wealth choked out the plant, making it unfruitful. It didn't say that the third one didn't grow. It said the third one was unfruitful. So, the, so it scares me that when we get our attention fixed on all of our problems, what happens? We become unfruitful. We become unfruitful. And that's a, that is a, such a, a, a trait and characteristic and a strategy of the enemy to get our eyes fixed off him because when we do that, we become unfruitful too. And this is the thing, friends. I, you know, I think that perhaps maybe some are just bored with their faith you're just bored you're just 
just come to church. It's the same old, same old, same song, same message. We're going to get preached at. I'm going to answer the altar call. I'm going to go home. It's all going to be the same. Friends, if you find yourself bored, it's because you're not stepping out in faith like you should. You're not being challenged. If you feel, if you, if you feel your Christian walk is boring, it's because you're not stepping out in faith. Because friends, when I see the scriptures and I see the disciples and they're laying hands on the sick and they're being healed and they're prophesying and they're, and they're casting out devils and they're, uh, laying hands on, on, on dead people and they're raising from the dead, Luke chapter 12 or Luke chapter 10 said they came back to Jesus and they were filled with joy. See, that's the problem. If you're bored, it's because you're not stepping out in faith. Because friends, when I pray for people and they get healed, when I pray for people when they get prophesied, that, that makes me, I'm filled with joy to see people walking in godliness. The scripture says that Paul was filled with great joy when he saw the people that he was pouring into, growing and maturing. So friends, if you're, if you're bored, it's because you're not stepping out in faith. I believe, you know, perhaps it's one of the reasons why the Lord is calling us to plant in a way we've never decided to plant again, because perhaps doing this for joy and I is easy or perhaps it's comfortable because this is because this whole plant to me is way uncomfortable and i share that very transparently with our leaders but i'm going to do what the lord is calling me to do it's not what i want it's what he wants and so it's going to happen the way he wants to do it and so in in uh, luke chapter 10 i just want to read this real quick luke chapter 10 verse 17 through 20 it says when the 72 disciples returned they joyfully reported to him and he said lord even the demons obey us in your name they were skipping and hopping and hooting. Kind of like what was going on up here earlier today. And then Jesus brings a slight correction. First he says this. He says, yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from, uh, fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the powers of the enemy that you can walk among snakes and scorpions, scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But do not rejoice because evil spirits obey you, but rejoice because... Your names are registered in heaven. What was he doing? He was just bringing a correction saying, don't focus on the power, focus on the presence. Okay, you're going to walk in power, but don't focus on the power. Focus on the presence. Joy, be joyful that you're going to be with him forever. You should, you, should, you should be filled with joy in his presence. Not that we're not to call to walk in power, because we see in the book of Acts, I mean, that's what happened. The disciples, they were walking in power every single day. But let's not focus on the power, let's focus on the presence. So he says, don't rejoice in the fact that demons... That they submit to you, rejoice that your names are in heaven. That's good stuff. Jesus is good. He has a way of bringing things into perspective. Paul is filled with joy. Friends, I just implore you today. I implore you. I encourage you. My, 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 uh, encouragement to you today is this is what I say. You need to get around some new believers. You need to get around some new believers. Why? Because they will breathe fresh life and energy into you. If you find yourselves around uh, Christians that have been saved for a long time, then friends, it's going to get boring and it's going to get stale. You need to be around people that are new in their faith. Amen. How do I know this? For example, how many grandparents do we have in here? Raise your hand if you're a grandparent. Look at all these grandparents. Now, a grandparent has this special... Uh, unless, okay, now, now you, I'm going to just go ahead and kind of like put a little, now if you're a grandparent and you're, you're raising your grandkids, God bless you, you know, man, I want to pray for you. Uh, but a grandparent who's not raising their kids' kids, they have this thing 
inside of them where they can spend time with their grand their grandchild and they and it fills them up. I don't know if it's because they're old and the kid has energy. I don't know. You know, I'm not, I'm not making fun of grandparents. I don't know. But there's there's just something when when grandparents are around grandchildren, they come alive inside. Why? Because there's something about that new person that breathes free and fresh life into the person that's been living for 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 a number of years. It's the same in the spirit, friends. You need to get around some young people in the faith. Because what it will do is it will breathe fresh life into you. And guess what? Yes, they're messy. They're going to make a mess. They're going to tear up everything. They're going to they're going to uh, fall. You know, you get around some 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 uh, some some new uh, followers of Christ. They're going to make all kinds of mistakes. They're going to mess up here. They're going to put their foot in their mouth. They're going to do all this stuff, and that's cool because you should expect that. They're not mature. But friends, there's, there's this thing that there's this disconnect that has happened in the, in the body of Christ. And especially in vision ministries where our mature people aren't fully investing in our immature people. And that has to change. I'm praying in the name of Jesus that this spiritual thing shifts. And that's why I believe the Lord has given this word. Because friends, we're, because the Lord is called, the, 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 the vision that God has for vision ministries is not just South and Broadway. And if we get stuck on just that, friends, God's gonna bypass us and use someone else. And I refuse for God to do something else with someone else. I wanna be like Isaiah in, in, in Isaiah chapter 6 where he said, he said, who will go for us and whom shall I send? And Isaiah said, Lord, here am I, send me. Would you stand your feet with me today? I want to say this. If you feel like this is a correction, do not receive correction as rejection. It's not rejection. See, all too often we have this rejection complex because because of abuse or background history or whatever's happened. So now we believe that that's rejection. God's not rejecting you today. God's correcting. God's bringing alignment because he loves you. Because he loves me. God rebukes me because he loves me. He was rebuking me last night when I was praying, crying like, God, help me. Suck. <laughs> Preparing my heart because I can't preach something that I'm not living. And I can't, I can't come before this body if my heart's not right either. So let's pray. God, we just thank you, God. I thank you in the name of Jesus that, God, when you see us, you see the God potential that you have placed in us. God, the kingdom of God, the seeds of the kingdom of God that you place in us when we say, yes, Lord. And the Holy Spirit dwells and lives inside of us. So, Lord, we say today, God, I choose. God, I choose to stop being stuck on myself any longer. Father, I pray that my attitude, I pray that my eyes, I pray that my actions... God, are always looking for opportunities to serve you and to serve people. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. God, I speak and I declare in the name of Jesus. You, man of God, you are called to much more. You, woman of God, you are called to much more. In the name of Jesus. Rise up, woman of God. Rise up, man of God. Be the person he's called you to be. Walk in the fullness of God he's called you to walk in. 
Walk in the authority that He has given you in Christ Jesus. Command, demand, and proclaim that strongholds break over your life and over your family in the name of Jesus. Call those that are around you into the kingdom by the authority of Christ Jesus. Walk uprightly. Claim your healing. Claim the breakthrough that He has for you. Claim the joy that He gives that is unspeakable to those that are in Christ. In Jesus' mighty name. Walk in victory. Walk in your potential. Walk in everything He's walked to, He's called you to walk in. Because we're called to His great service. And there are thousands of people that are hurting and they need the hope to which we have. So Father, we thank You in Jesus' name. Father, we receive our commission. God, we receive our call. God, we receive Your command. And Lord, we say thank You for what You're going to do. God, we thank You for turning the city of Toledo upside down because the body of Christ is done being stuck on themselves. And we're keeping our eyes fixed on our King. And God, we're going to give our heart and our lives to what You've called us to do. So Father, we say we love You. We bless You. God, have Your way. God, we do this. God, we come before you with such humility and say, Lord, we need you desperately. God, we need you, Lord. To do this thing for which we are called, we cannot do it in and of ourselves. So, Lord, we say, here we are. Lord, we give our all to you. Friends, if you just need to reconnect with God today, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to slip out of your seat and come up here and just kneel before the Lord and just spend some time with him today. If you need to reconnect with Him, if you need Him just to refresh you, we're just going to give a few moments to let people to just come up. Just You taking a step of faith. Don't look about the people that's standing around you and that's around you. If you want to come up and, and, and be filled again, we'll also pray for you. We'd love to do that. If not, if you got to slip out, friends, God bless you. Let me speak a blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn His face towards you. And may He give you peace. In Jesus' name, Amen. Can I have some? Can I have some of my some of my leaders come up and just stand behind some of the people that are coming and kneeling and just start praying over them quietly? Friends, thanks for joining with us today. God bless you.